Welcome to For What It's Worth podcast. I'm your host, David Oglesby, along with my co-host, Bronson Stewart, from the heart of Franklin, Texas. Each week, we talk about topics ranging from sports to politics to pop culture, but our ultimate goal is to weave the truth of Jesus into everything we do. Thanks for joining us today. If you like what you hear, please share it, subscribe, and mention it to a friend. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of For What It's Worth. I'm ready. You ready, man? Always ready. It's Friday. Does this Friday feel better than last Friday? Um, yes. I kind of feel like last week drug on. Yes. This week flew by. I agree, and but like last night, sitting that middle school football game, freezing it's cold. cold it did don't... not fly by. I enjoyed <laughs> it. I enjoyed the game. There were three great games. We won all three. Um, but I was freezing. You were freezing. I was freezing too, and. We're going to be freezing tomorrow morning, 8. We play soccer at 8.30 in the morning on That's Saturdays. That's kind of crazy. Can you believe that? Yeah. Whoever signed our kids up for soccer. They're fired. They're a fool. But uh, interesting story. I you, feel like that was you. you uh, I told you about that. this story. Uh, our girl, so our, you, you know, but for those of you out there, my girls play co-ed soccer. Co-ed right? soccer. And so I got two girls. My youngest is the youngest in the age, right? Because it's they, it's called 10U because she's eight. So she's the youngest. She's never played soccer in her life. You know her well. She's a taller girl. Yeah. She's like the second tallest girl in her grade. She's big for her age. And something happened Saturday that to me was the epitome experience of 2021 in a whole new way. I'm really not sure what's going on Saturday. I'm doing my thing. I'm coaching them up. I'm coaching them up, man. Just put the ball in the net. <laughs> <laughs> my job kind of watch on the offensive end, and our other coach, she watches kind of on the defensive end, and we, we we're kind of figuring all this out. And next thing I know, this lady is screaming over my shoulder about the girl in the hot pink socks, mind you. Mind you. Hot pink socks. She's being mean to the lady's son, who is the oldest kid in the league, who's like 5'4", probably. I mean, tall kid. And he is the best soccer player in the whole league, no doubt. Mm. They uh, moved here from Turkey. Okay. Okay, kid's incredible. And she is losing her mind that when he tried to score the last goal or whatever, that apparently Hunsley shoved him trying to take the ball from him and i'm like she says like i think she screamed i don't know i I really wasn't able to i'm like it's all happening so fast like this has to stop something like that you know like this is the greatest crime of the century how 2021 is this the eight-year-old girl in hot pink socks now bullies the boy this is where we're at this is where we're at and i remember i didn't hear this story from you I heard it through the grapevine, um, and I didn't hear it from the source. I heard it through, just kind of through some side sources, uh, but it just kind of made me chuckle, and it kind of made me not angry, but like this kind of this, this in this this mood of like, are you are you really kidding me right now? Right. Of like, of like one, like what I'm telling my boy. 
It's to man up. That's right. Well, what I'm telling my boys, hey, if you're going to be the best, every team is going to be out to stop you. Well, right. But, like, like, oh, my gosh. Like, we are just creating. And then, here's the thing. So, so Hunsley gets understands that this lady's screaming at her. Right. And you know you know sweets. Yeah. She, she loses like it. it. Yeah. She's she's crying. We bring her out. It's cold. We set her on a blanket. She's shivering now. She's she's bawling her eyes out. I'm dude. I mean, I'm 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 very upset at this mom. I'm the, no apology has been extended to us. The mom has not reached out to us. Nothing. Well, I don't think it will. That's what that's kind of what you sports are. Screaming at my eight year old daughter. Screaming at kids that hey are but, trying to figure this thing but out. Dave, we found a hero. We found a hero. We found a hero in the story. We've Dang, been reporting stories. Me. Please, broken record, right? This is a broken. Stop being terrible human beings. And we have reported a lot of stories on this podcast of terrible human beings. Right. The lady was awful Saturday. But finally, we found a hero. A hero has emerged. There is hope if you are a listener today. Because the coach of the opposing team stops the game. What? She calls her parents together and she says, enough is enough. Knock it off. Absolutely. I know that girl. She's a sweet kid. She didn't do it on purpose. Get a hold of yourselves. I Man. Went get, I went and gave that coach a hug afterwards. I would have to. I say, thank you for being a hero. Absolutely. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. But this is what we've talked about. Just speak up. Just speak up. Right. You can speak up. You can speak out against just nonsense. Say, relax. And stupidity. You, you Relax. Just see it from the other side. I don't know. Maybe we're putting too much weight on that. We're not even meant to talk about it. I mean, this, I don't even know. Like, But, like, it's a good thing to talk about because, like, you're just creating a culture of weak kids. We're, we continue to treat weak people adults. the exact opposite way of how we think we should be treated. Right. I mean, you know, I'm not sure that we're in a place where – um, you know, even the attacks on the church. You and I kind of talked about this this week. What is the greatest threat to the church? It's other believers attacking the church. Absolutely. I mean, the greatest, the greatest harm on Christianity seems to be coming from, you know, other believers who are who are acting fools. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that we're taking this. You know, I don't think we're overreacting about this. this. Is the very heartbeat of what. We're trying to communicate on on this show, you know? Absolutely, and I just, I don't know how to put words on it, but it's like we've created this culture of, of like, my, your feelings do matter. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it's like we've created this culture of like, oh, well, like I'm not gonna do anything about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna allow myself to get bullied and pushed around. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna whine about it, and I'm gonna get my way. Cause that's how it always works. Right. And that's a mindset. I don't know the parent. I don't know the kid. They might be great people, and I'm not gonna sit here and say sure. they're not. But what I will say is, if she ever listens to the podcast, <laughs> she's not. She's There's not. No chance. No chance. But like, empower your son to just step up and to be a man. And to not let a girl in pink socks bully you. And just think about how your action impacts the 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 the, the receiving end. Absolutely. I mean, we're we're all playing to learn. Absolutely. And 
you know, eight here, years old. Here was a question. I don't know. I, I don't know if uh, anybody listened, took our social media challenge. I did. I tracked my report. Holy cow. I'm more in the Bible app. I listen to more podcasts. My social media time is way down. But I just, this was the thought that came to me. Do people know we're followers of Christ because we tell them or because we show them? Mm. Now, we got to tell them about Absolutely. Jesus. But do they know because we walked up and said, I'm a minister? Or do they know because we just behave like one? Right. Just behave like a follower of Christ. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I'm. This is not an indictment on one parent. This is an indictment on us as people. We're all going places tomorrow morning. You're all going to get up and you're going to go somewhere with your kid. You're going to go to the donut shop or you're going to... Go huge game here in town. A lot of people in town tonight is going to be insane to try to eat anywhere. Auburn, A&M. So our town is just crowded. When you're out, people know you're a father because you told them? Because you're or acting cause, like Because you showed them. Mm. And so, mm, uh, anyways. Stuff. I'll, I'll Follow-up report next Friday. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. But, hey. Big week for Dave. Big week. Big week. Stop it. My Atlanta Braves oh, you're, win the you World Series. Do you play for the Braves, David? They're my team. I like the Atlanta Braves. You could say that. Don't do this. Congratulations. Don't do this. It was, a, it was a great years of suffering. It was a great postseason. I I thought the Braves were the the I I think they're the best team. Since the trade deadline. Since the trade deadline. They're fifty two and fifty five at the trade deadline. So 100%. they're not the best team. Alex Antropolis deserves all no the doubt. monies in the world. You and I talked about this, about the Astros' moves at the trade deadline were not, not made good, to win. Right, mm-hmm. not made to win. I agree. And I don't know if anything was decided. I know they were meeting with Dusty Baker yesterday. They have re-signed Yuli yep. sticking around. It's a big. I don't know them. what they'll decide about Dusty Baker, but I agree. I think the Braves played to win and to win right now. And They but, sure did. Hey, here's the thing that no one wants to talk about, though. It's a bad model. Here's the deal. Look at the the model is just be good for that makes a lot more money than right. going all in to win the World Series. Now that's not what fans want to hear, right? But this is why the Astros didn't bankrupt the system at the trade deadline in order to get the people they needed to win the World Series because they're not ultimately interested in winning the World Series as they are filling the stadium for a hundred and well for eighty one games over the course of the next 10 years. Right. You know, that's why they didn't re-sign George Springer last year. Right. Hey, we, we, we got to hedge talent with money, and, you know, we're not George Steinbrenner Yankees here. What's funny is, though, is that, like, is, is like we gave up nothing for those guys. We literally traded Pablo Sandoval for Eddie Rosario. We literally traded nothing for Jorge Soler. We literally traded nothing for Jock Peterson. I mean, we gave up nothing. There's still risk. Absolutely There's still risk. There's still risk. Like, I no, agree no because, one even, no because one even Rosario... Solaire would was, make the roster. I mean, he, he, never in a million years did they think he would be the leadoff. Well, better right, and Rosario was on the IR right. when we traded for him. And so, like, definitely a bunch of research was done. I think... I think and uh, there's double some A luck. Did, a little bit of that too. That's I think Double A did a lot of of research, but what's funny though is is even in the midst of celebrating, um, people have have made it not about the accomplishments of the Braves. They have made it about a this gesture. This is what we do. This uh, is what we do. A gesture. A gesture. That's right. The chop. Great thing. If you if you if you watch the World Series, you heard it. 
Mm. A lot. It's worse than the Vuvuzelas. You remember those? <laughs> the, <laughs> that, um, I think it's amazing. It's a great experience if you're ever in Atlanta. And just you're at a just game. some precursor, though. The chop is not unique to the Braves. No. They're, like, Florida State does it. The Cleveland right. Indians. Other teams who kind of have that mascot. Right. They do this. Right. Okay. Uh, it's done at, like, high school games. I mean, we were at uh, – we were at the Katie game last Thursday, yeah. And at one point, the band was doing it, and they were doing like a paw, like the tiger paw, right. in place of the tomahawk, right? It's just a pop culture thing, yeah. But that's not what sports writers potential, particularly angry no, it's white a racist. It's, it's racist. a racist. Um, and what's funny though is that now, granted, I'm sure there are other tribes out there that are probably not fond of it. They're, it's probably not their favorite thing, but there have been tribes, specifically a tribe based in North Carolina, um, Eastern Band of the Cherokee Indians. They have come out in support and say that they believe that the Braves, uh, the Braves represent them well. Um, and so I just think it's funny. And I'm say I'm for those of you who don't know me, I'm I'm a white guy. <laughs> Thank you, David. And so I can say he, the I can say what I'm about to say. He, him, white, he, pasty. My name is David Oglesby. <laughs> pronounce he, him, white, and a little tan. Um, but white people continually try to fight a battle for other cultures. And for me, my thought process is: sit down, shut up, and let the culture fight for itself. Well, look, I. I I disagree slightly because you can't I don't, uh, like no, let listen. let that culture bring the no, problem to the table. No. You can support it. No, they're not fighting for it. That's what you're missing. Like you see this in the uh, the girl Winsome uh, in, uh, Winsome. Oh man, I just forgot her name. She was just elected lieutenant governor in Virginia. Oh yeah, she's First awesome. Black woman to hold any state office. She's stinging off. Awesome. Joy Reid on MSNBC and another black contributor said. Her skin is black, but her tongue is white. Mm. Here's the thing. What they ultimately want, you look at who's controlling the narrative here. It's people who want to continue to control those groups. Absolutely. They're not really fighting for them. They're fighting for the ability to continue to control them. Because you're always going to be able to find something to be offended about. Absolutely. And, and I think the issue here is is for me, initially on this, where I'm going to backtrack a little bit, is just are you consistent on this? I mean, there's a whole Twitter account dedicated to the inconsistency of major media stars, etc. Right? Like, I feel like I need to follow that. You could go follow it. Taking the L's or Defiant L's, I think is what it's called. And, you know, they show a celebrity who tweeted out, forget Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and then literally now three years later is tweeting, Anyone who says "Let's go, Brandon" is spewing vulgar hate speech and should be banned from Twitter. Right? I mean, anyone could have written about the chop at any time of any season, but they waited till right now of this season of this moment. And the fact of the matter is, I don't. I don't. You gave a great example. I don't see any actual Native Americans being offended, to my knowledge. Now, now, don't get me wrong. They'll go out there and they'll find some Native American tribes but who don't agree they with didn't, it. That's not what they did right here in the Sports Illustrated article. Right. They're CNN did, by the way, in case you follow CNN. Oh, you know, CNN. Trust, okay. Trustworthy news. Okay. But any one of those tribes could go to Truist Park, 
they could protest out front. Absolutely. None of that has happened. And so my rule of thumb is just a little different than yours, but you've heard me say it because people come to us in the church all the time and say, hey, well, I heard so-and-so was mad that the event last night was was dodgeball and not crafts also, whatever, you know? And you say, well, if that individual's mad, they need to come talk to me, right? right? And so my rule of thumb is don't fight battles for people who don't need you to fight their battles. Absolutely. Because I'm trying to be consistent. This is what ticks, you know this, you've been around me now for a year. This is what ticks people off the most, is that I, I don't... Ticks pe- people about off me. about you. Right, like, hey, the... We're just going to try to be consistent. Even if I disagree with that, is it consistent? It's what angers my wife so much. Like, why aren't you outraged? Well, because I'm trying to be consistent. I wasn't outraged about that over there. And so we have been consistent. Speak up, fight battles, even if it's not in your school district, even if it's not your kid. But those are battles that need someone to fight them. Absolutely. This is not a battle that needs something to fight. I agree. And so if, if it's not a battle that needs to be fought, then you need to not fight it. Mm. I thought about a couple things here. Tra- track with me on this, okay? I'm tracking. Hopefully I'm not way off the rails here. Uh, people sing Sweet Caroline in Sweet stadiums all over the country. Caroline. Well, what about someone who says, that's profiling of Carolines? Are all Carolines sweet? Probably not. What about a Caroline that wants to be tough? What about a Caroline that wants to be a boy? That could be offensive. Oh, I'm sure people find it offensive. Okay, what about this one? Deep in the heart of Texas. The stars at night. Big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. They sing that at the Astros games. Guess what? I've been to Amarillo, Texas. The stars at night are big and bright there. And Amarillo is on the edge of Texas. Nowhere near the center of Texas. Do you see Amarillo complaining? That the song mislabels other parts? I'm sure the stars are big and bright in El Paso, out in the desert. Do you see El Paso complaining? They're not even the same time zone as Central. Uh, They sing Jump Around. At Wisconsin. Jump up, jump up, bring it down. That's right. Do you see people com- complaining that that song is not ADA compliant? What if I can't jump? That's what I'm saying. But no one's complaining <laughs> that. You haven't seen some handicap association say, hey, this song excludes people that show up to the game in a wheelchair. Can't play it. The Aggies sing Saul Varsity's Horns Off. PETA is the most outrageous group in America. But you don't see them protesting that, hey, the Singing song elicits PETA. animal abuse. Look, it's a sporting event. It is a sporting event, and you're right. And stop it. And I just think, uh, I just think there's other issues, and we've talked about this before, like very early on in this podcast, that are actually racist. That are actually ra- not even racist, but things that that are more of an issue than canceling the chop. Hundred percent. You want you want an example? Yeah, hit me with some. World hunger. I yep. mean, and it's kind of funny because just this week. Um, a UN official said that about 2% of Elon Musk's fortune, for those who don't know who Elon Musk is, he owns Tesla, um, very, very wealthy individual, said that 2% of his fortune would help solve wor- world hunger. And Elon Musk tweets a checkmate. And he said, if you explain how $6 billion will fix the problem, and that you have to have an open source accounting so the public sees precisely how you spend the money, then I will sell Tesla stocks to make it happen. And the UN official went silent. Didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. Actually, matter of fact, I think he 
eventually reach back out to Elon and says, hey, I'll be on the next plane to you. And if you don't like what you hear, you throw me out. But, like, it's as easy as just tweeting it out. Here's how it'll happen. Here's what we'll do. But I think they ran from it because instead of forming a plan, making it public to help actually end world hunger, they got caught in a scheme. For sure. Here I'm stretching. I might be stretching. They get caught in a scheme. scheme. In which they probably plan to pocket a lot of that money instead of actually ending world hunger. Well, duh, they all do. But here's the thing about this fact: the this uh, this deal with being being racist. It is the calling card. Like, here's the thing about all this: we're going to cover vaccines next because we just love stepping on landmines. <laughs> but what do your eyes tell you? We're around kids of color every day. Absolutely. This is not 1960. Nope. We're not oppressed. They're Absolutely. not oppressed. They're not riding separate buses, drinking out of separate water fountains, not allowed to vote, not allowed to drive, not allowed to walk on the streets of town. Let me tell you what's racist. What's racist is vaccine mandates in cities and areas where the vast majority, some 60 to 70% of the unvaccinated are minorities. Absolutely. And are being banned from restaurants and being banned from life. What's racist is maintaining distance education. 50% of our kids are still not not having normal school. The state of Texas even passed a mandate saying all state testing now has to move online. Well, my girls are computer proficient because I don't know, we've got like seven in this house, but there are a lot of kids. I saw in Virginia, an interesting study. You and I covered that race, you know, uh, uh, a lot here, uh, but 75% of the, of white women without a college education who voted, voted for the guy Yunkin, the Republican. Mm. Well, Virginia schools were closed for over a year. And all of a sudden, education, which wasn't a big deal, became a big deal because those moms represented homes where they couldn't get easy computer access. Right. Where they couldn't do distance education. Where they couldn't pay for private tutors to keep their kids up. That's racist. Creating spaces in college where now you house by race, you study by race, they are trying to divide us. Open your eyes and say, when I look around, I got friends of all colors. I got friends of all backgrounds. And we don't feel divided. But what they want you to do is they want you to not believe your very eyes. Like my mom used to say, you know, if you want to be offended, I'll give you something to be offended about. Mm. There is a lot of things to be offended about. The Braves chop is, is not, not one. one of them. It's just a hand gesture, by the way. Uh, here's something I'm offended about. We just got approval that... Thank goodness the government has told us five to 11 year olds need to be vaccinated and it's safe for them wow. to be vaccinated. Again, the government knows what's best for the your The government kid. knows what's best. And Joe Biden has come out. Uh, this is kind of a multi uh, approach. He came out yesterday. I think I have that right. He came out yesterday and he said, hey, vaccine mandates, a hundred or more, hundred or a uh, hundred or less. If you're company has a hundred or more employees the the vaccine mandate is is in place he has immediately been sued but uh take a listen it's a little different than what they had said earlier about how all this would play out we cannot require someone to be vaccinated that's just not what we can do needless to say the right of women to make decisions about their own bodies is not negotiable. No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone 
to take a vaccine. We've never done that. Our interest is very simple from the federal government, which is Americans' privacy and rights should be protected. It is a matter of privacy to know who is or who isn't. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. Perhaps the federal government should step in and issue mandates, and if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it be mandatory. First, we must increase vaccinations among the unvaccinated with new vaccination requirements. Hmm. That was a drastic change. Very different tone. Very different change. And uh, I've got a couple thoughts, and then um, and then I will. I'm going to turn it over to you here. But I think number one, the job of a parent is not to burden their children with adult worries. I, I think my job as a parent is to shield my kids, even at times from reality, so that they can be a kid. Right? We've talked about this. I tell my kids, I won't let anything happen to you. That's not a true statement. But my goal is not to put them in a perpetual state of fear, but it's to reassure them, you just go be a kid. Right. You don't need to absorb my fears and my anxieties. I, I continue to, to, to don't understand. I think as parents, we're failing our children on so many levels, fighting their battles. We blow up on social media. We justify all they do. And honestly, it scares the pee out of me for something that doesn't even affect them. Mm. I'm going to say this, and then I'll let you go. For the 100,000th time, COVID is not a threat to your children. Right. Right. And I, my my view as, again, we, we've established on this podcast, I don't have kids. I can pray for them. And I can fight for them now. And I can stand by parents and fight for their kids as well. Like, I can do those things now. But I think what has happened is there is just a lack of trust. There's a lack of trust in the CDC. There's a lack of trust in the government. As much as you push the vaccine, as much as you tell people to get vaccinated, they just don't trust you enough. They don't trust your word enough. And quite frankly, they don't trust your actions enough to do those things. That's why these that's why they're going the mandate route. Because people don't trust it. Yeah, what's the number you had about C D C vaccinations? What was well, that? Well yeah, yeah. So so Senator Bill Cassidy yeah. asked C D C director uh I, Walensky. Rochelle Walensky, how many of the C D C employees are vaccinated? Well, guess what? She didn't have the number. Which means it's not 100%. It's not 100%. Matter of fact, she pretty much it's said, like, hey, not- we are encouraging, we're educating so right. that all of our employees are vaccinated. So pick a number. What do you so, think it is based on that tone? Well, it's not 50%. Under 50. That's right. Under 50. And so then she was asked if 75% north of 75% of CDC workers are still working from home. Guess what? She didn't, she didn't have the number. Which means what? Uh, it's north of 75 it's north of 75 and so so senator cassidy who who had an inside source stated over 70 pretty much north of 75 percent of the employees are still working from home and he asked a question and it's something we should all think about he asked the question if you are confident in the vaccine 
then why are CDC employees still working from home? Particularly talking about people who work in labs. Right. And and he pretty much said, hey, we have got to lead by example as a government. You can't just tell us, we can't just tell them to do these things. We can't just tell them to get the vaccine. We can't just tell them uh, that it's okay to get the vaccine, that, that you'll be safe, that you'll be able to return to normal life. But yet you yourself want your employees who are pretty much over all things COVID. Well, she tried to push it off it's as not HHS. Fully, it's not fully vaccinated. Right. And they're not even back uh, to work from home. I got a question for you. Is there a mandate to drink water? No. Is there a it's mandate a to eat food? No. Why? Because people look around and say, well, if I, these are life-saving measures. Right. And time and time again, it's proven it. Right? There's no mandate to lock your doors at night to your house. No. Nope. Lock your car when but you leave. But you do it but because. But you do it because it's proven. So if there was hard evidence out there that this thing legitimately worked, then I, it would be a completely different story. But to me, the fact that you're having to make a mandate that, hey, this thing is legit. Yeah, you're going to need two, three at the minimum. Right. And we all know that routine and regular reoccurring boosters is going to happen. It's right. just going to happen. This is not going away. Then I think you have every right to be skeptical and you have every right to question what's going on. And in fact, for me, if you look at the landscape today with no skepticism at all, you're a moron and I have a great investment option for you if you will just Venmo me all your money. I'm not saying it's as big of a Do it. conspiracy give you my Venmo right now. as you sometimes rabbit hole it down to be, although... In this COVID age, it seems like the greater the conspiracy, the greater the probability. Right. I mean, it's proven to be true time and time again. So for me, what am I telling you to just look at with your eyes? Well, let me give you a couple things. New York and California have had vaccine and mask mandates for substantial periods of time. Yet Florida, which has none of that, has the lowest COVID rate in the country. Mm, to best me, state in the world. At least be skeptical, right? You have Aaron Rodgers test positive for COVID. He's labeled irresponsible. Jen Psaki, who's double vaccinated and booster shot test positive for COVID. She's labeled breakthrough case. At least ask some questions, <laughs> right? My wife's friend, silly. her parents went on a cruise. They are double vaccinated. You had to show your vaccine to get on a cruise. You then had to test like two days in. Okay, so everyone on the cruise has been vaccinated, and two days in, everyone on the cruise tests negative. On day four, he tests positive. How? How? He's exactly. vaccinated. Because it's the vaccine. You at least have to ask the question. At least ask the question how. I mean, at least. If the vaccine works, then why are they still getting COVID? Why are vaccinated people once still getting COVID, and why are they still dying from COVID? I don't have the answer, but normal human beings beings should at least be asking the questions absolutely because the burden of this vaccination to simply um, participate in any form of public life is unprecedented it's never been done it's it's a massive it's an unreal violation to individuals to owners and and you at least at least at least ask yourself some questions two things i saw happen in the sports world the nashville predators they required vaccine mandates hmm. to go to games in Bridgestone Arena. Huh. Tennessee, conservative state, Nashville, liberal city. Guess what the Preds announced this week? What? Tell Dropping. Me. 
No COVID mandate, no vaccine, no test. Come one, come all. They Mark, missing out money. Mark Cuban, he's pretty liberal. The Dallas Mavericks required a COVID vaccination proof or negative COVID test to go to a game. Turns out Mark Cuban tweeted this week, dropping that. Going away. LSU tried that. Missing the money. Missing the money. They're missing oh, the money it. because people are opening their eyes right. and they're seeing it. And Man. You know, I think what they're seeing is that we are literally segregating unvaccinated people uh, and vaccinated people. And I think they're asking the question, is it for health reasons or is it to inconvenience, shame and pressure them in as many ways as possible? No, I ain't getting it. I'll go to prison before I get the vaccine. Hey, uh, if if you follow the, the deal in Virginia, it was really an incredible swing. Virginia hadn't had a Republican governor since uh, 2008, I believe. Wow. They've also never had uh, all three state offices that would be governor, lieutenant governor, and attorney general, all Republican. All three went Republican. And the new lieutenant governor is a black woman, a former Marine, the first black woman to ever hold state office, any of the high state offices. And I think it's because people are just beginning to look. We've talked about that. The mom revolution who say, I'm fed up with what you're teaching my kid. Absolutely. Hey, you know, this is something I thought about on, on my run this morning. I wonder if the whole shut down the schools in an effort to gain greater control of education, I wonder if it's backfired. Like, parents now have, as a result of how COVID played out, parents now have a greater understanding, having watched those Zoom lessons, having seen the, the worksheets that came home, right? They now have a greater insight, I think, into what's going on in their kids' classroom than ever mm. before. Mm. And now they're on year two of not being able to go visit their kids' school or have lunch or like like I think moms are fed up. And here's my prediction. You're one of those moms. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think <laughs> parent pushback on all of this. I think there are a ton of parents who got vaccinated who are gonna draw the line at vaccinating their child. I think there are a ton of parents who said, you know what? When this thing first came out, I thought, yeah, look, we need to get it. But now you're telling me I got to get a third shot or a fourth shot. And now you want to stick it in the arm of my five-year-old? Have you lost your mind? I think there's a lot of people who are pro-vaccine, but are anti-vaccinate my kid with something that we have very little information on. And that was something that I was showing you. We had, I, we had looked at this. We had looked at this. Um. I'm kind of scared on how far this might go. We had looked at this stat on this information, you know. We had the hepatitis B vaccine was 18 years between global approval and requirement in education. So the hep vaccine, 81 global approval, approved in the U.S. also in 81 not required in K-12 schools till 97. Wow. That's a major gap. The polio, everybody wants to point to that. The polio received approval in 1955. It was over six years before it was put into place to have to do for education. DTAP, varicella, both of those. in uh, DTAP in the 30s, varicella in the 80s. Both of them, 16 years from that point of approval to when it was mandated to go to the schools. You've got Hep B not mandated till nearly the 2000s, 99. 
and then DTAP 2011 mandated and varicella 2005 mandated. Yet COVID, global approval in 2020, U.S. approval 2020, and now here we are 2021, and we're going to require it for 5 to 11-year-olds to go to school? I, listen, I'm just saying, ask some questions. Ask, please. Because the greater threat for your 1 to 4-year-old, you got drowning, vehicle accidents, murder, childhood cancer, childhood obesity is basically 10 times more deadly. The flu, four times more deadly. Suffocation, three times more deadly than COVID. Mm, I just I'm, don't get it. I'm really scared to see how far this goes. And, and I'm just kind of spitballing here, but like like when when you have a newborn, you know, you take them, you take them to, to get all of their shots, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. You take them before they start school to get all of these shots, right? My fear is that, and I may just be reaching, but my fear is that they is try to stick your kid <laughs> without you knowing Dave, with the COVID vaccine. I, I don't know. Let's uh, would you put it past them? I, at this, Dave, listen, we can't live in this world without at least the benefit of mankind. I know. Can't. I said last night at the football game, I said I refuse to believe that there's just, 7 billion idiots in this world. We just can't. We can't. Maybe a few That's million. But. Hey, speaking of idiots, let's talk about Henry Ruggs III. Oh, man. I um, am, I am this absolutely. Is, hey, if you tune off when we talk about sports, don't tune off just yet. This yeah. is a sports story, but this is a life story. Yeah, okay? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm real heartbroken over this. Uh, He's your guy. I mean, like, I love Henry He's Ruggs. He's your guy. Bama I'm receiver. a big Alabama guy. Um, I watched him come up, and he was just huge for a hey, twenty twenty, right? He's yep. drafted in twenty twenty. Drafted in twenty twenty. He's he's in his second year. And top ten, top fifteen pick. Top top ten. Top he's ten top pick 10 by pick. the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep, and and it's just uh, it's a really sad story. Knowing knowing what he's dealt with in his past, knowing that he lost a friend. Um, in a car accident. Yeah, give us a story at a very, real fast at a very about young age. what happened. If you don't and know so what happened to Henry Ruggs. Here's what happened. Here's what Henry Ruggs driving about 3.40 a.m. Yeah. In his Corvette. By week for the Raiders. By week for the Raiders. He is going 156 miles an hour with a blood alcohol content level that is twice the legal limit in Nevada. And he's doing all this right before he slams into the rear of the vehicle. They ended up burning and killing a 23-year-old woman. Yeah, he only uh, saw the airbag computer system. The car only slowed from 156 to 120 or something. Something like that. It happened so fast. I mean, they virtually had no time to slow down. Absolutely. And so it's just a real sad, sad situation for two. 23-year-old victim. For two reasons. Mm -hmm. That right there, like now a family has to live life without a loved one. Yep. And they have to figure out how to navigate without her and, and be flooded with the what-ifs of her future. Right? right? She's 23. That's young. Yeah. You know? Just and miles from her house. She just miles right there. from her house. And it's just, it it is so sad. Um, Ruggs had a passenger, his girlfriend. Which they're they're both she, she's gonna okay. She's going to live. Minor injuries. Yep. Um, but now he, I mean, it's it, it's a situation like that just goes with like one mistake. One dumb decision can ruin it all, all, but not only for you, 
but for those around you. I mean, think about it. Ruggs was an up-and-coming receiver. He's in year two. He signed a four-year deal worth $16.7 million. And he's thrown it all away, and he's facing 46 years in prison. Yeah, the Raiders have already cut him. Already cut him. I think he gets convicted. I don't see how he does it. Well, you know, I try to read these things because every state is different. There is no, from what I understand, there is no, um, uh, what is the word? You you can't get probation in Nevada for okay. vehicular homicide, so he's he's like two to twenty or something on the first count minimum. So there's gonna be some sort of jail time, some sort of pun- probation is not an option, right? Uh, you know, I listened to the comments from the judge. the The prosecutor wanted million dollar cash bond. The judge said that would be unprecedented, that Henry Ruggs is not a flight risk. So he has been released on $150,000 bond, home confinement, ankle monitoring, that kind of thing. Yeah. And he's awaiting trial. He's in bad shape. I mean, he is, He is. Um, you know, I, I just think, you know, you asked the question how, you know, uh, we talked about this yesterday. I talked about it with a friend. I have never driven drunk in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Right. Okay. But alcohol's never been a problem for me. I've never had a desire for that. My my weaknesses and my vices, I, I have them, but it's it's never been that crumble cookie for sure. <laughs> I mean, sweets are a major one for me, but but that's never been a temptation for me. Right. But here's what I do know from the failures in my life is that oftentimes when we take one step of failure, it's never enough. We usually make the situation worse. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And number two, in the process, we almost always know we're in the wrong, but we create justification in our mind for why we're not that wrong. Mm. And so I don't, how do you get in a car twice the legal limit and then drive 156 miles an hour? I would imagine that while he's driving, he begins to realize, I'm going way too fast. Well, like also, this- like how are you not... I mean, look at the girlfriend. How are you like not like, hey, you are not in the right space to drive. Well, she probably. I, or why are they not friends around you saying, hey, bro, don't get in that car. Well, I, at the end of the day, I think we live with too much pride. Accountability, We justify brother. those things out. But here's what I know. I know that Henry Ruggs needs love and he needs encouragement. And I was so encouraged by Derek Carr, man. That dude's just a rock star uh, in his press conference saying, hey, uh, there's going to be consequences that Ruggs has to has to put forward. Right, it's going to cost him his career. Uh, it's going to cost him all of his money, millions, million. I mean, yeah. he's going to have to pay the family millions. They're probably going to go after him criminally and civilly, and you know everything is taken away from him. He had the whole world. He's whatever twenty years old. You know, yeah. I mean, he's got the whole world. Twenty four years old. He's got the whole world in front of him. But I'm also reminded. I, I don't know if anyone ever came to your school, did a drunk driving situation. Yeah, dare or whatever. Yeah, but oh, that's know, drugs. I remember the. Girl, oh yeah. I remember the girl came to our school. She was a young girl. She had killed someone, you know. And she talks about, hey, for the rest of my life, I got to blow into this deal just to unlock my car door. And you know, imagine that—that that was impactful, not super impactful, because right. that was never a, a temptation for me. But imagine the story. Imagine what you know. I think this is the thing we've asked in the death of my dad. We've shifted from asking why to asking how. Why did Henry Ruggs do this? Well, I don't, I don't know. But even if we he told us why, that wouldn't fix the situation. Right. So at the point of this, you got to say how. 
Like, how can good come from it? Imagine if Henry Rugg showed up at your school and said, hey, listen, I played at Alabama. I won national championships. I was a top 10 wide receiver. I was the dude. Millions of dollars my whole life in front of me. I'm driving $100,000 vehicle, and I killed someone, and my life has ended. And all I can tell you is don't let it happen. I think that's an impactful story. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's it's a heartbreaking situation. I think it's why you got to have great conversation with your kids. You've got to let those kids know, hey, you end up in a situation like this. Do not choose shame. Do not choose guilt. Call us. Call yes. your mom. Call your dad. I think that's what <laughs> our guys are headed into a bye week this week. You and I, we were at chapel yesterday. Call you, me. You heard what I told those guys. Be smart yes, this weekend. Please. We are here for you, and you got to have people in your corner. But the most important thing, you got to let people be in your corner too. And um, and we're just praying for for Henry Ruggs and uh, just what an awful situation. Caldwell ISD, we talked about that. That had a big blow up in a school board meeting last night where those students were hazing another student. It led mm. to sexual assault, whatever the case may be. That situation is going to be bad. There are parents on both sides. Some want those kids arrested and their life over. Some want grace. Listen, just one incident can ruin everything. And Absolutely. so be smart. Um, but some big news came out this week. The college football playoff rankings are officially out. Whoop, whoop. And we knew that they would be bad. Uh, we knew they would be bad. I don't think I feel we like knew, week one is always bad. I don't think bad, we knew they though. would be this bad. Okay. I, I think it's always uh, bad. In the AP poll, you've got Georgia, Cincinnati, Alabama, OU. In the new college football playoff rankings, only two of those teams, Georgia and Alabama, make the top four. So in the AP poll, you got Michigan way down at nine. The playoff committee, after watching them blow the game against Michigan State, puts them seven. It's through and through schools that have no business. UT San Antonio is undefeated 16 in the AP poll. Well, guess what? They're not even ranked in the college football playoff. I've got more for you. But Cincinnati, to me, this is what jumps out, and then I want you to tell me what jumps out to you. What jumps out to me is Cincinnati's gotten hosed. They didn't even get put fifth. Cincinnati got put sixth right. in the college football playoff. That's sending a message to them that, hey, listen, the non-Power 5 schools were told, if you want a spot, you got to run the table. Cincinnati is running the table. They're going to win out. They're going to probably play Houston in the American Athletic Conference Finals. That's a you know That will be a tough game. But Cincinnati has gotten hosed, and it was done on purpose, and I'm going to unpack it in a minute. But what jumps Ooh. out to you – about these college football playoff rankings? Um, well, I think I do. I think Michigan, Michigan State's a really good football team. I don't think you slot them in there at three right away. Um, maybe there's some argument there. Maybe they go five. Maybe they go four. Whatever. Um, I think Ohio State's better than Oregon. Some things like that. And so my kind of my kind of thought process is going to stay within that first six of like, I don't care what happens after that. Um, it is what it is kind of thing. But obviously Georgia's a clear number one. Um, I think you can make an argument from two down. I'm a big Bama fan. I think Alabama's a good football team. I hope they get it turned around. I hope Saban lights a fire under them. But you can make an argument that, you know, they are, they are three or four. But whatever, they put them two. Then they put Michigan State three, which had a fantastic game 
against Michigan, in which I don't think a lot of people thought Michigan State was going to win. You didn't think Michigan State was going to win. No. I I I think Michigan, Michigan State shouldn't have a, won. A good football team. I think they're a good football team. Um, maybe four, three is fine. I don't hate it. Um, I don't like Oregon at four. So in my poll, they're at six. Ohio State's at four, and then you have Cincinnati, the first team out at five. Um, you have you don't have OU in your top four. No, they're OU, undefeated. I hate them. So you don't you don't award winning. You don't reward any winning. Obviously, the college football playoff ranking. You reward bad. You reward good losses. So you. So what you're Look, saying is what you're saying a, is. Well, if we're following the criteria of the college football committee, there is no criteria. I'm about to tell you what the criteria is. In a minute. You tell me the criteria. Look, let me tell you this. Cincinnati was hosed on purpose, and here's where I'm going to point you. SMU and Houston are both ranked in the AP polls. They're both ranked in the coaches' poll. Houston is 20. SMU is 23. Both of them left out of the college football playoff rankings. Why? Because both of them are future opponents to Cincinnati. SMU and Cincinnati play, I think, next week. Houston would then play them in the conference championship game. If you don't rank those two schools, then you get to say Cincinnati doesn't have strength of success. Mm. Meanwhile, here's what you did. You put 5-3 and three Wisconsin at 21 in the poll. They are scoring under 20 points a game. You say, oh, well, we're looking for good losses. Well, they had good losses. No, they didn't. They got blown out by Notre Dame, 41-13. Blown out by Michigan, who laid an egg, 38-17. How about this convincing win? They beat Army, 20-14. to How about the convincing win where they really took it to Eastern Michigan, 34-7? to let me tell you how good Wisconsin is. They have three passing touchdowns on the year and nine interceptions. They were blown out by Michigan, blown out by Notre Dame, and their one kind of good win is was an overrated Iowa team, which comes in to the college football playoff polls at, of course, 22 Big L. because you've got to say, hey, it's it looks good. Here's who's not ranked. Let me read you these. Tell me, pick out the theme here. These are all schools ranked in the AP poll and not ranked in the college football playoff. UT San Antonio, who's ranked 16, Houston 20, Coastal Carolina 21, SMU 23, and Louisiana Lafayette 24. What's the common theme there, Dave? Uh not non-power 5, is it non-power 5? Exactly. Five? Huh. So, you said What's the deal? Let me tell you what the deal is. Tell me what the deal is. When you have a question about what's going on in college football. And stretch it out. Follow the money. Follow the money. Money, 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 money. Let me give you a little money trail here. Give and, me a lot and of money trails. Listen, I'm right. But if you think I'm wrong, tell me. Each university that's invited to play in the college football playoff gets $6 million. They're that, given $6 million? That's split among their conference. Okay. Okay. They then get an additional $2.4 million to cover, quote, travel expenses. So the rules of the committee require that when you're voting on where your school ranks, you have to recuse yourself. But you don't have to recuse yourself from voting on a school that's in your conference. So let's say you're the AD of the SEC. It directly benefits you financially to make sure what? Bama and Georgia make it because if Bama and Georgia make it, every school in your conference gets 
$857,142 just because Bama and Georgia made the college football playoff. So if you're, you know, the the guys on the committee, you can go look them up. It's important. But let's say you're the Iowa AD. Hmm. You're out of the picture. What do you need to make sure happens, though? Uh, you need to make sure a Big Ten team makes it. Uh, Why? Because whatever half of that is, $400-something is coming straight to you just because you got Michigan State or Ohio State in the playoffs. Mm. So guess what needs to happen for that? Oh, those losses need to look pretty good. And in order for those losses to look good, Gotta the teams them. they lost to need to be ranked. Mm. It is an absolute sham. And so you vote for the team that benefits you, either by conference or money or strength of schedule, and you work to block those that benefit your competition. It is that simple. Wow. I don't have any words. I rest my case. Rest your case. I like it. But wow. it still draws us to college football, and we'll still be, you know, I listen, some of these things are going to fix itself, okay? Because we've got these stupid rankings here, but Michigan State and Ohio State, they're going to have to sort itself out. Ohio State, Michigan still going to play. Um, you know, it's going to be a shot. But to me, I don't understand. If Cincinnati runs the table, which is what you told them they had to do, and I'm not even a Cincinnati fan, I'm a Houston fan, if, I, if anything. But if they run the table, they should. They got to be in. They got to. They here's what I, here's what's funny. Wisconsin. Why are they ranked? What well, was a good loss at Notre Dame? Okay, it was a good loss at Notre Dame. Just to remind you of the score, uh, Wisconsin lost to Notre Dame forty-one thirteen. You know who Cincinnati beat at home? Who? Or I should say on the road, Cincinnati beat Wisconsin. I mean, Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. Cincinnati went to South Bend. Touchdown Jesus and beat them. Here's Cincinnati's problem. They don't have enough quality losses. You want to know why? Because they got none losses. Garbage. Here's what else is garbage. These pickums. You're just mad. If you're new to the show, we end every episode with our pickums. I'm done picking. What's our record? Do you have it? Or do you not get on purpose? I've got the record. Let the record state. Davis forty two and twenty six. All hell the king. I'm thirty nine and twenty nine. <laughs> you're still you're still in it. Last week Dave was five and three. All hell the king. <laughs> I was four and four. <sighs> and I not only am I four and four, but for ninety eight percent of the Michigan, Michigan State game, I was right. And at the very flipping end, Michigan got hosed. I knew Michigan got hosed in that game. On I that knew. Anyways, I knew. And the Texas Baylor game, I'm rocking and rolling. Texas looking good, holding I the lead. Knew. Hook them horns, hook them Keith, hook them Ken. Then I knew the wheels fall off. I knew. So in an effort to get ourselves back on track, you just pick what I pick, and we'll we bring you eight same. games. This week, a very good college football Saturday. My soccer game is early, 8.30 a.m. be back, baby. I got to meet with a couple for premarital counseling. Then I'll be back. We're going to get things going. I'm going to give the number 19 Houston Cougars their AP ranking, not their unranked whatever. Oh, this is AP ranking? 
Just for Houston. Okay. <laughs> they traveled to the South Florida Bulls, your home state, favored by 13. What do you got, David? I got 19 Houston. You got 19 Houston. <laughs> Me too. AP poll, 19 Houston. Our favorite, uh, n- a separate topic for another day is how do crappy teams get to stay in the SEC? But Missouri is crappy. Barry, they, uh, if it weren't out. for Vanderbilt, they would be the worst. They travel to Georgia, number one Georgia, who is absolutely annihilating people. And the line for this game, there have been some crazy lines for Georgia games this year. This one now takes the cake. South Carolina had set the record. Now it's this one. Georgia favored by 39 and a half. Do you want to follow after me so that you can get it right? Yeah, let me hear it. Uh, number one, Georgia. You're taking Georgia to win by 40. By 40. Yes. I'm taking Missouri and the points. Missouri is Listen. absolute trash can. <laughs> Listen, surely. The, the last l- time it was Ugh. 34 points, and you said surely not, and I surely said not. absolutely, and sure. they demolished them. Oh, my gosh. It gets worse. Okay, the Liberty Flames, coached by this is gonna be a good Freeze, game. I think it's going to be a good game. To number 16, Ole Miss. I think it's going to be a really good game. Favored by nine and a half. What do you got there? The Lane Train? Uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go Ole Miss. Oh, you're taking Ole Miss. See, again, I'm going to take Liberty the and points. the points. I think it's going to be a really oh, good game. Great. But I Here think, we go. I'm going to fall further behind. Your favorite team, the number 12 Baylor Bears, travel to the coachless TCU Horn Frogs. Six and a half point dogs having fired their coach, Gary Patterson. Things don't look good in TCU. We called this, though. I mean, you literally. Called this. I called I this. I was like, huh. I, I called this. I was like, check this Weeks out. ago, I said, it's not, it's not going to end well. It didn't end well. TCU put up a fight? No, number 12. My number two team. Your number two team, Baylor number Bears. Number 12, Baylor Bears. Rolling. And I, you. too, am coming on board. The Bear Wagon. Welcome aboard. <laughs> and here's the only reason I'm picking Baylor. One, I think they're going to win. Uh, but if they win, You're it sets of against up <laughs> next Saturday. Baylor OU just up the road. Woo! We should try to. That would be fantastic. I would think College Game Day would be there. You that would probably to be two, t- two top ten teams for sure. Business expense. Business. <laughs> okay. For the podcast. The matchup of the night, I think. Just down the road, that small commuter school, the fighting border collies, the number 13 Auburn Oof. Tiger War Eagles. I don't understand how they have two mascots. It's a whole other thing. At the number 14, Alabama beating Texas A&M fighting Aggie. I'm confused what's going on here. A&M's favored by four and a half there at the vaunted Kyle Field. What do you got? I you you know my heart and you know what I'm gonna say. You're gonna say I hate you Auburn. hate Auburn. Yep. Fourteen A&M. You gotta take A&M. I'm taking A&M also. Here's the thing about both these teams: both teams have proven they can be really good and really atrocious. Which team shows up? You know, Calzada has been garbage, and then he's stinking pulled. Stuff out of his rear. Same with Bo Nix. Which player shows up? Which player gets off the plane? We need to get our inside our inside source for visiting teams to College Station. Is speaking in of speaking Phoenix. of decent human beings, Bo Nix is not one. Bo Nix is fine guy. Uh, my favorite team, number seventeen, Mississippi State <laughs> Bulldogs, and the Pirate travel to Arkansas. Arkansas has there been a team fall off the wagon more? Than the Razorbacks, but they are five point home favorites. I got wow. 
I got 17 Mississippi State. You got Mississippi State. I got Mississippi State too. If you're gonna give me, if you're gonna give me Mike Leach and five points, I'm gonna take it all day. I'm gonna take it all day. Uh, LSU also soon to be coach less travels to sweet home Alabama. Dun, 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 dun. 28 and a half point favorites. Taking That's it. because don't even ask him taking it. Okay. And I and no I know Bill Bryan. Bill O'Brien. I know Bill O'Brien too well. And I think Bama offense struggles. Stop. LSU defense. I'm taking LSU in the points. And number unranked Tennessee. Number unranked Tennessee, boo. Tennessee's trash. <laughs> Travels to the number 18 Kentucky Wildcats. This is a strange line. It's even, It huh? moved at the very early of the week, three, and it has moved to even. So just straight, straight up picking pick who's em. winning. Who you got? I got, drum roll, 18 Kentucky. Okay, and I too have Kentucky. And Sorry, I Tennessee have fans. picked. I've picked Tennessee fans repeatedly throughout the year. I've picked them in big moments. They've come close, and they've let me down time and time again. I know what it's like for for all of you out there, you big-time Tennessee fans, all you GBOs. You have uh, you've suffered, and I'm suffering there with you. So today i got to get off, and in, uh, and in the heart of Big Blue Nation, I'm going to take the Kentucky Wildcats. Dave, you got anything to add? Oh, no, because Dave literally just left to go use the bathroom. In the middle of a podcast, leaving me here solo, hanging out to dry. Hey, uh, it's been a great show. Big plans this weekend, whatever your big plans are. I hope that you will cherish the weekend. You know, we talked about a lot of busy, hard, deep topics. Um, you know, we, we can look at these things and they can cause us to fear. And I think uh, living with an assumption of tomorrow, it brings fear. But uh, when we live with an expectant nature of Christ's return, uh, we don't have to fear what that moment will be like. It gives us great freedom. And we know that that day will be glorious and it will fix all these broken stories that we've talked about today. I hope that what we've covered has been good. I hope these picks have helped you out. I hope that most importantly, you'll remember it's been our opinion. It's what we think. We hope it's been of some value to you for what it's worth. Thank you.